Welcome to Manna for Breakfast, the daily Bible reading devotional which chronologically takes you through the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation in one year. Grab a cup of coffee and your Bible and join us as we journey together through God's Word. Good morning, everyone. So we are 66 degrees outside Fahrenheit, and it was low 60 last night. And right now it says with the humidity of 68%, it's supposed to feel like 54 degrees outside. So, hey, we're catching up with you guys up in the freezing north. Uh, For us, it's chilly this morning. We actually closed the windows, believe it or not, for us lowlanders. I know some of you might be dreaming for that temperature, but it gets a little cold here for us. So we are moving on in Nehemiah. Man, we are just days away from finishing out the entire Bible in one year. Congratulations to all of us. So we're going to pray, and we're going to get right into the Word. Father, we thank you for this morning, and do ask your blessing upon your Word as we look into these things. In Jesus' name. All right, Nehemiah 10. Now, on this sealed document were the names of Nehemiah, the governor, the son of Hilkiah, and Zedekiah, Sheriah, Azariah, Jeremiah, Pashur, Amariah, Milkaijah, Hatush, Shabaniah, Maluk, Harim, Merimoth, Obadiah, Daniel, Genethon, Baruch, Mashulam, Abijah, Mijamim, Mahaziah, Bilgai, Shemaiah, these were the priests, and the Levites, Jeshua, the son of Azaniah, Binui, of the sons of Henadad, Kadmiel, also their brothers, Shabaniah, Hodiah, Kalita, Peliah, Hanan, Mika, Roab, Heshabiah, Zakur, Sherebiah, Shebaniah, Hodiah, Bani, Beninu, the leaders of the people, Parash, Parath, Moab, Elam, Zatubani, Buni, Azgad, Bibai, Adonijah, Bigvai, Adin, Ater, Hezekiah, Asur, Hodiah, Hashuim, Bezai, Harip, Anathoth, Nebai, Mikpiash, Meshulam, Hazir, Meshazabel, Zaduk, Hadua, Pelatiah, Hanan, Ananiah, Heshua, Ananiah, Heshbub, Halohesh, Pila, Shobeb, Reum, Neshabna, Heshaniah, Ahaya, Hanan, Maluk, Harim, Ba'ana, and now, finally, get a chance to move on from the names. Verse 28, now the rest of the people, the priests, the Levites, the gatekeepers, the singers, the temple servants, and all those who had separated themselves from the people of the lands of the law of God, their wives, their sons, and their daughters, and all those who had knowledge and understanding are joining with their kinsmen, their nobles, and 
and are taking on themselves a curse and an oath to walk in God's law, which was given through Moses, God's servant, to keep and to observe all the commandments of God our Lord and his ordinances and his statutes, and that we will not give our daughters to the peoples of the land or take their daughters for our sons. Verse 31, as for the people of the land who bring wares or any grain on the Sabbath day to sell, we will not buy from them on the Sabbath or a holy day, and we will forego the crops the seventh year. And the excitation of the debts and placed under ourselves an obligation to contribute yearly to the third of a shekel of the service of the house of God for the showbread, for the continual grain offering, for the continual burn offering, and the Sabbaths, the new moon, and for the appointed times, for the holy things, and for the sin offerings, to make atonement for Israel and all the work of the house of God. Likewise, we cast lots for the supply of wood among the priests, the Levites, and the people, so that they might bring it to the house of our God, according to our fathers' households, at fixed times annually, to burn on the altar of the Lord our God, as it is written in the law, and that they might bring the first fruits of our ground and the first fruits of all the fruit of every tree of the house of the Lord annually, and to bring to the house of our God the firstborn of our sons and of our cattle and the firstborn of our herds and our flocks, as it is written in the law for the priests who are ministering in the house of our God. We will also bring the first of our dough of our contributions, the first of every tree, the new wine and the oil to the priests, to the chambers of the house of our God and to the tithe of our ground and to the Levites. For the Levites, they are who receive the tithes in all the rural towns. The priest and the son of Aaron shall be with the Levites when the Levites receive the tithe, and the Levites shall bring up a tenth of the tithes to the house of our God, to the chambers of the storehouse. For the sons of Israel and the sons of Levi shall bring the contribution of the grain and the new wine and the oil to the chambers. There are the utensils of the sanctuary, the priests, who are ministering, the gatekeepers and the singers. Thus we will not neglect the house of our God. Chapter 11. Now the leaders of the people lived in Jerusalem, but the rest of the people cast lots to bring out one of ten to live in Jerusalem, the holy city, while nine-tenths remained in the other cities. The people blessed all the men who volunteered to live in Jerusalem. Now these are the heads of the provinces who lived in Jerusalem. But in the cities of Judah, each lived on his own property in their cities. And the Israelites, the priests, the Levites, and the temple servants, and the descendants of Solomon's servants. Some of the sons of Judah and some of the sons of Benjamin lived in Jerusalem. From the sons of Judah, Athaniah, the son of Uzziah, the son of Zechariah, the son of Amariah, the son of Shephatiah, the son of Mahalalel, of the sons of Perish, and Maashiah, the son of Baruch, the son of Kohose, the son of Azahiah, the son of Adaiah, the son of Jehorib, the son of Zechariah, the son of the Shilonite, all the sons of Paris who lived in Jerusalem were 468 able men. Glad I didn't have to pronounce 468 names. That's appreciative. 
Verse 7, now these are the sons of Benjamin, Shalu, the sons of Mashulam, the sons of Joed, the sons of Pediah, the son of Koliah, the sons of Maashiah, the son of Ithiel, the son of Jeshaiah, and after him, Gabi and Shalai. 928, Joel, the son of of Zikri was their overseer, and Judah, the son of Hashanuah, was second in command of the city. From the priest, Jediah, the son of Joyarib, Jachin, Shariah, the son of Hilkiah, the son of Mashulam, the son of Zadok, the son of Marioth, the son of Ahitub, the leader of the house of God, and their kinsmen who performed the work of the temple, 822. And Adiah, the son of Jehoram, the son of Pelaliah, the son of Amzi, the son of Zechariah, the son of Bashur, the son of Melchijah, and his kinsmen, heads of the father's households, 242. And Amashai, the son of Azarel, the son of Asiai, the son of Mashilimoth, the son of Immer, and their brothers, valiant warriors, 128, and their overseer was Zabdiel, the son of Hagadolim. Now from the Levites, Shemaiah, the son of Hashub, the son of Azrikam, the son of Hashabiah, the son of Buni, and Shabathai, and Jozabad, from the leaders of the Levites, who were in charge of the outside work of the house of God. Now, Mataniah, the son of Mekah, the son of Zabdi, the son of Asaph, who was leader in the beginning of the thanksgiving at prayer, and Bakukiah, the second among his brethren, and Abda, the son of Shamua, the son of Galal, the son of Jaduthan. 18. All the Levites in the holy city were 284, also the gatekeepers, Akub, Talmon, and their brethren, who kept watch at the gates, were 172. Verse 20. The rest of Israel, of the priests, and of the Levites, were in all the cities of Judah, each on his own inheritance. But the temple servants were living in Ophel and Ziah and Gishpah were in charge of the temple servants. Now, the overseer of the Levites in Jerusalem was Uzi, the son of Bani, the son of Hashabiah, the son of Mataniah, the son of Micah, from the sons of Asaph, who were the singers for the service of the house of God. For there was a commandment from the king concerning them and a firm regulation for the song leaders day by day. Pethaniah, the son of Mishazabel, the son of Azira, the son of Judah, was the king's representative in all matters concerning the people. Verse 25, now as for the villages with their fields, some of the sons of Judah lived in Kiriath Arba, its towns in Dibon and its towns, and Jechabazil and its villages, and Jeshua and Molada and Beth Pelet, and Hazar Shawal and Beersheba and its towns, and Ziklag in Makona and its towns, and in the in Rimon 
and Zorah, and in Jarmuth, and Zanoa, Adulam, and their villages, Lachish, and its fields, Azika, and its towns. So they encamped from Beersheba as far as the valley of Hinnom. The sons of Benjamin also lived in Giba onward. And Michmash, and Aijah, and Bethel, and its towns, and Anathoth, Noab, Ananiah, Hazor, Ramah, Getaim, Hadid, Zaboim, Neblat, Lod, Ono, the valley of craftsmen, and from the Levites, some divisions of Judah belong to Benjamin. Well, that was good to know. 11 is pretty detailed, and it's stuff we can't really wrap our minds around as far as the people and the villages. Again, we list that, or the Bible list that I should say, most likely, to give an account of those faithful to come back, to try. And God just wanted to point them out and said, you know, I notice people that do their best, that want to follow me. And, and what they're doing is they're coming back, they make this contract. And uh, yeah, again, New Testament lets you yes, be yes, you know, be no, you don't really write a formal contract, but what they're doing is they're reading the word and they're having it explained to them and they're going, man, have we been messing up for 490 years. Remember, because that's how long they had let their land not rest every seven years. So they now saying, okay, we want to do everything right. We want to commit to obeying your word. We're not going to buy and sell on the Sabbath. We're going to observe the Sabbath. We're going to let the land rest. We are going to now commit to tithing. Realize that we're not going to give our sons and daughters. We are going to remain faithful. You are our God, and we are not going to mix with, we're going to have no other gods before us. This is the one thing that Babylon really cured them of, so to speak, in one limited sense. And so they are deciding this is what we must do to get back into all this. So now they're going to list all the people with their jobs or responsibilities, working in the temple, working around, bringing the firewood, whatever it is. They're saying, now we're your servants. And now, rather than just focusing on pleasures, money, getting stuff for ourselves, and, and worshiping everything, I mean, really just worshiping the flesh, now we're going to worship you, and we're delineating, we're, we're defining how we're going to worship you. And that's not a bad thing to see the responsibilities and yes we are going to bring we're going to go in the mountains going to cut the wood we're going to bring it in uh to the to the the ministering priests remember they used to, they used to have the uh slaves for that when they conquered oh gosh my memory just went for me who was the tribe that <clears throat> the people group that came in and deceived them and said they were from far off and then they they lied and they found out and so joshua said okay now you're going to be our slaves and you're going to bring the wood for the levites well now this is well, after that time, and now they need people to bring the wood for the sacrifices. And so this is what they're doing and uh, helping in the ministry, tithing in the ministry, being faithful to go to church. Now, of course, we don't live under the law. We don't, we're not going to lose our salvation. God's not going to push in captivity if we don't toe the line on specific things. But we do see the heart, and that very much I, I like. I like the, the heart where people are going, yes, I know that I'm a part of God's family and I want to serve. And the Bible clearly lays it out for me. If I want to serve, then I'm not going to marry an unbeliever. I'm not going to be in a relationship outside of marriage. And I am not going to do things that are not in alignment with God's will for my life. And I'm going to tithe. 
and, and I'm going to serve. And this is kind of the, we get the New Testament principles out of these Old Testament chapters and these statements. So now we can move over to Revelation 19. The fourfold hallelujah. After these things, I heard something like a loud voice from a great multitude in heaven saying, Hallelujah, salvation and glory and power belong to our God, because his judgments are true and righteous. For he has judged the great harlot who was corrupting the earth with her immorality, and he has avenged the blood of his bondservants on her. And the second time they said, Hallelujah. Her smoke rises up forever and ever. And the 24 elders and the living creatures fell down and worshiped God, who sits on the throne saying, Amen. Hallelujah. And a voice came from the throne saying, Give praise to our God, all you his bondservants, you who fear him, the small and the great. Then I heard something like the voice of a great multitude and like the sound of many waters and like the sound of mighty peals of thunder saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns. Verse 7, let us rejoice and be glad and give the glory to him for the marriage of the Lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. It was given to her to clothe herself with fine linen, bright and clean, for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. Then he said to me, right, blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, these are true words of God. Then I fell at his feet to worship him. But he said to me, do not do, not do that. I am a fellow servant of yours and your brethren who hold the testimony of Jesus. Worship God. But the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Verse 11, Then I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on it is called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he judges and wages war. His eyes are a flame of fire, and on his head are many diadems. And he has a name written on him which no one knows except himself. He is clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the word of God and the armies which are in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, were following him on white horses. From his mouth comes a sharp sword, so that with it he may strike down the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron. And he treads the winepress of the fierce wrath of God the Almighty. And on his robe and on his thigh he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Then I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried out with a loud voice, saying to all the birds which fly in midheaven, Come, assemble for the great supper of God, so that you may eat the flesh of kings and the flesh of commanders and the flesh of mighty men and the flesh of horses and those who sit on them and the flesh of all men, both free men and slaves, the small and the great. And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies assembled to make war against him who sat on the horse and against his army. Verse 20, And the beast was seized, and with him the false prophet who performed 
the signs in his presence by which he deceived those who had received the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image. These two were thrown alive into the lake of fire, which burns with brimstone. And the rest were killed with the sword which came from the mouth of him who sat on the horse. And all the birds were filled with their flesh. I'll let you guys go back to the teaching on that chapter again. The rest of Revelation is just too detailed. Because <laughs> I don't have limited time, so I'm going to just move on. Charles Spurgeon. He has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Hebrews 13.5 Several times in the scripture the Lord hath said this. He has often repeated it to make our assurance doubly sure. Let us never harbor a doubt of it. In itself, the promise is specifically emphatic. In the Greek, it has five negatives, each one definitely shutting out the possibility of the Lord's ever leaving one of his people so that he can justly feel forsaken of his God. This priceless scripture does not promise us exemption from trouble, but it does secure us against desertion. We may be called to traverse strange ways, but we shall always have our Lord's company assistance, and provision. We need not covet money, for we shall always have our God. And God is better than gold. His favor is better than fortune. We ought surely to be content with such things as we have. For he who has God has more than all the world besides. What can we have beyond the infinite? What more can we desire than almighty goodness? Come, my heart, if God says he will never leave thee nor forsake thee, be thou much in prayer for grace that thou mayst never leave thy Lord, nor even for a moment forsake his ways. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for that promise, and thank you for the examples that we have as we read these things. The assurance of your coming, the assurance of judging the enemy, the Antichrist, the false prophet, those that are, have have dedicated themselves to the destruction of your servants. And we thank you for the examples in the Old Testament, God, of how in the midst of complete desolation and poverty and captivity and everything else, you can bring your people back and you can establish them. You can bring your word to light in their life and have it read and explained and the people can then come back in droves, hungry to serve and hungry to know you. So we pray for that now in these last days, that there would be a revival in the world and a re-emphasis on your word and reading your word and understanding it and so that people could repent and come back into fellowship with you. As the days grow closer to your coming and bringing us with you, setting up your kingdom, God, we realize the severity of what's going to happen with the Antichrist and the false prophet, now setting up their, their essentially their plan. We're seeing all these things putting into motion very slowly. So, God, as we draw close the end of this year, as we look into next year, we don't know if it's going to be the next, the last of all the years of the history of this world, but we pray that you would be getting your word out, God, and letting people hear it, receive it, listen to it, and have it explained to them, and so that they could repent and joyfully, God, enter into relationship with you. So this is our prayer. We thank you for the way you've been doing that in many people's lives. Thank you. I just met Ben and Aniel's 
friends from Virginia that were saved, they've been in Yale just witnessing to them, happily living in Mexico City. God, what a joy to see those kind of things. The people that are being led to you at church, through the missions, ministry there, through the outreaches, through the evangelism night. Thank you for all that you're doing, God. We praise you for that. And God, we just pray for healing. Pray for all of us that need your touch and your healing touch on our lives. We thank you for what's going on with Dean and the Castro Lines. I should continue to bless that. Help him as he needs to establish himself now working in the U.S. And may this just be something wonderful to get them back on their feet, God, and protect his family while they're here. And may you just continue to heal those girls. So thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, everybody. God bless you all. And thank you once again. We are right on the edge, guys, coming up on Sunday. So we're going to be starting over again. So you know the drill. Ask people if they're reading the Bible. Ask your people that you think are and say, are you reading the Bible every day? If they say no, give them the webpage. Give them where they can find it on Spotify or Amazon Music or uh, Apple Podcasts. Uh, Just tell them. And let's get them on board with us. So bless you. We'll see you tomorrow.